candlewood. This material was sometimes confused with pine knots, but though they came from the same tree, candlewood was cut from the heart of the tree. It was cut in thin strips about eight inches in length and tied into small, easily handled bundles. After being allowed to season well with their rich, tarry content, they provided winter lighting for many families in our early history. The idea was supposed to have come from the Indians as early as 1633, who had split pines into shivers. I believe a leaf of grass is no less than a journey work of the stars. I think I could turn and live with animals. They are so placid and self-contained. I stand and look at them long and long. They do not sweat and whine about their condition. They do not lie awake in the dark and weep for their sins. They do not make me sick discussing their duty to God. Not one is dissatisfied. Not one is demented with the mania of owning things. Not one kneels to another, nor to his kind that lived thousands of years ago. Not one is respectable or unhappy over the earth.
Moonstruck. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night, said the Hebrew psalmist. And from early Greek and Roman times, Selene of the Greeks and Luna of the Romans, goddesses of the moon, were also believed to be capable of affecting the brains of mortals, those, especially, who slept with head exposed to the light of the moon would become lunaticos maddened by Selene, or, in Rome, by Luna. No one knows the age of the superstition. It was held also by the ancient Egyptians. The mountains can be man's best friend. Exercise. To climb comfortably, I think the secret is, to climb any pace, you can climb without a stop to rest. Wake up, Mama, turn your lamp down low. Wake up, Mama. Have you got the nerve to drive Papa Mactel from your door? My mother daddy left me reckless, my daddy daddy left me wild, wild, wild. Mother daddy left me reckless, daddy daddy left me wild, wild, wild. No, I'm not good looking, but I'm some sweet woman's angel child. You're the mighty mean woman, you meet this away. You're the mighty mean woman, you meet this away. When I leave this town, pretty mama, I'm gonna wait to stay. Why don't love a woman better than ever I'd ever seen? I once loved a woman. 
better than I'd ever seen. Treated me like I was a king and she was a doggone queen. Sister, tell your brother, brother, tell your aunt and I had to tell your uncle. I could tell my cousin, I cousin, tell my friend. Going up the country, mama, don't you wanna go? May take me a fair brown, may take one or two more. Big 80 left Savannah, Ronnie did not stop. You ought to saw that color fireman when he got them ball of hot. You can reach over in the corner, mama, and hand me my traveling shoe. You know by that I've got them states for blue. Mama, sister got him, Eddie got him, brother got him, friend got him, I got him. I woke up this morning, we had them states for blue. After spending the night in our tent, the next day we were fortunate. We ran across an old trapper's cabin way back in the woods. So we just haul all of our gear through the woods to the cabin. Me voy 
Shiver Me Timbers. It is not at all likely that any self-respecting sailor would have ever thought of using or even dared to use such an ejaculation or oath as this. But in 1834, the sailor and novelist, Frederick Marriott, finding the necessity for an oath in Jacob Faithful, chapter 11, that would not offend the ears of the most puritanical reader invented this most innocuous expression. I won't thrash you, Tom. Shiver me timbers if I do.
an anthologist who decided that naught was taboo. Her words are so rude, her verses so lewd, I'm sure they'll appeal to you. Here at Twin Lakes, I have learned patience, learned to take my time and try to do the job right by figuring it out first. No sense to rush it and go off half-cocked. There's plenty of time out here.
Two hours later, I had a spoon, a good one for dipping batter. A bit more sanding, and it would be ready for a coat of shellac. of the heron under those bamboo stems hold the blue body, the great beak above the shallows of the pond. Who could guess their patience? Sometimes the toes shake like worms, what fish could resist? Or think of the cricket, his green hooks climbing the blade of grass. Or think of camel feet like earmuffs striding over the sand. Or think of your own slapping along the highway, a long life, many miles. To each of us comes the body gift. Well, Somerset, well, Somerset, on a hickory limb. On a hickory limb. Well, Somerset, well, Somerset, on a hickory limb. On a hickory limb. Well, Somerset, on a hickory limb. Well, I can do great work with him. I'm going away, hey, hey, some more for Put him in the pan and bake my stew. And bake my stew. Put him in the pan. 
taste so good to you. I'm going away, hey, hey, some more for long. The red rooster, they treat him nice. They treat him nice. The red rooster, they treat him nice. They treat him nice. The red rooster, they treat him nice. Mugwump. According to the King James Version of the Bible, Genesis chapter 36 verse 15 reads, These were dukes of the sons of Esau. But when John Eliot in 1663 translated the Bible into the tongue of the native Indians of Massachusetts, he used Mugwump, meaning chieftain, as the equivalent of duke. As Mugwump, the word appeared in 1832 in the ironical sense of one who would like to be considered a chieftain or vastly important great man. But 50 years later, or to be exact, in the presidential campaign of 1884, though at first applied in derision to members of the Republican Party who, it was said, thought themselves too virtuous or too important to support the Republican nominee, James G. Blaine, it was taken over by those men themselves as a term for an independent Republican. Since then anyone, even in England, who fails to vote in accordance with the policies of his party is considered a mugwump. Or, as waggishly said of one such independent, his mug is where his wump should be. Cause the good book says 
six degrees. As cold and still as it is, the water has now become too thick to stir with a paddle. The canoe looks out of place on the beach with so much snow. It will do me no good now. So I towed it up to the point and wrestled it into Spike's cabin. A tight squeeze, but at least it was covered. Bye. 
Liberty Gibbet. Strangely enough, this does not appear ever to have been considered as slang. As evidence thereof, the first printed appearance of which we have record was in a sermon, and at that, a sermon before His Majesty the King, King Edward VI, in the year 1549. Sermon by Bishop Hugh Latimer. The word he used, however, was flibberjib which he spelled F-L-Y-B-B-E-R-G-Y-B-E. His meaning was that of today, a garrulous or flighty person. But Shakespeare, who wrote Flibberty Gibbet in King Lear, used it as other writers had done, as the name of a devil. And Scott, in Kenilworth, had it mean an impish youngster. Oh, 
pumpkin seed sled that I found floating in the lake last spring has proved to be a very valuable find and was making this job a real pleasure. Six good sled loads when I got it all to the woodshed and it began to snow again.
Daddy Longlegs. A frequent name in America for this insect is Granddaddy Longlegs, as any reader of Mark Twain knows. In England, it is sometimes called Father Longlegs or Harry Longlegs, the latter possibly an allusion to a fancied resemblance to his satanic majesty, the Lord Harry. But the paternal or matriarchal name applied without any regard whatever to the sex of this member of the spider family, is due only to the fact that its slender legs are excessively long, perhaps because some men appear to have legs reaching from the neck down. The crane fly, a fly with very long slender legs, is also sometimes called Daddy Long Legs. Bye. Wow. 
I came to the mountain to avoid hearing the sound of waves, lonesome now in another way, wind in the pine forest. That's from the Japanese poet Ryunken. This is Money Boots. My name is Wild Geese Tanali. And you've just heard the B-side of Keep the Home Fires Burning, Part 6. Thanks for tuning in and celebrating the changing season through a variety of sound, snippet, and song. For a playlist, check out muddybootsradio.org. And if you're on the go, you can find Muddy Boots on iTunes as well. And I'd be most happy and thankful and honored if you left a rating and review of Muddy Boots on iTunes. Max Strom defines happiness as the daily experience of a meaningful life. With that said, I bid you all happy trails. Take care.